Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Black Milk, episode two. And today, what I'll be discussing is a very, very uh, sensitive but important topic. It's one of those topics that delve into the root of the issue and not the byproduct or the symptoms, which is what I think is the most optimal approach in terms of healing and transmutation and evolving. But I wanted to talk about death. And I'm not talking about death in the fixed uh, way that we often think about it, like a deceased relative or a deceased friend or someone who died in the funeral and the da-da-da-da-da. But I mean death in a ritualistic aspect, in a transformational aspect, in an eternal life aspect. Um, And I say these three things because we have got it all wrong. And I don't use the term wrong that often, but... It's becoming painfully clear, especially in these times, that we don't think that we are immortal. We don't think that we have eternal life. And it shows in the way that we live, in the way that we think, in the way that we see and perceive ourselves and others. Everything that we do, everything that we say, is an attempt to avoid death. Now, most assume that death will entail some sort of suffering or hellfire or some sort of dangerous unknown that can't be explained or determined prior to experiencing it yourself. Um, But what many will tell you, especially people that have experienced near-death experiences or done LSD or psychedelics, is that a lot of these altered states of consciousness are cousins of death, just like they say sleep is the cousin of death because of the dream world and things like that. we are so invested into this waking vessel our current vessel the vessel that we're anchored to primarily and this is because we've been taught to only operate from this waking life vessel but how would you feel if i told you that there are some of us who are aware of our other forms aware of other realities parallel realities alternate universes by which we simultaneously exist and this explains phenomena like deja vu and you know, different dreams that don't really feel like dreams because how could your mind, your limited mind, your worldly human mind concoct something so brilliant, so otherworldly, so so abstract? It's almost genius. You, you got to think to yourself, wow, is, is a, a playwriter tapping into my mind and, and creating this script for me to dream? But the reality is you exist amongst a variety of universes, realities, galaxies even. And we're only tapped into maybe one, two, if we're lucky, of these identities. Now, going back to death, um, I think that the deepest shadow work and the deepest transformational work that you can do as a human to transcend your humanity is to accept and face death right now. Accept that there is life beyond this life. Accept that your physical body is not going to suffer in any type of hellfire, except that some of you might have already been in the hell that you're trying to avoid, because the mind creates the reality, and if your mind is full of resentment and anger and sorrow and guilt and suffering, it creates this hell-like experience for you, and God, if you've ever done psychedelics or, you know, LSD, DMT, you'll see that firsthand, even ayahuasca. You'll see and experience the quality of your mind firsthand. And you'll say something like, oh, I don't want to do the drug because I had a bad trip. When it's really 
that you have a bad mind, quote unquote bad, um, a disharmonious mind, a fearful mind, a resistant mind, a mind that goes against life, that goes against evolution, that goes against change, that goes against newness. So how could you ever have a transformative life and experience? How could you ever experience the newness and the beauty of love or, or richness or wealth of any sort, spiritual wealth, emotional wealth, physical, tangible wealth? How could you ever begin to tap into that if you're afraid of death? Death is a multidimensional, multifaceted experience. I've died over a thousand times. I've died in my sleep. I've died when I was awake because of the pain. I killed my old self to rebirth a new self. And it comes with this, oh my God, where am I? Who am I? What am I here for? Why am I suffering? It comes with the same thing as physical death. Physical death really is just not even that, how do I put this in a way that's palatable? Physical death is barely scratching the surface. Let me put it that way. Because a lot of us, due to things like, you know, the, the deficiency of our Merkabas and the overall dissension in consciousness, we are now incapable of remembering every lifetime, every identity across dimensions, where we come from, where we've been, why we are the way that we are. And we cling to tangible or intangible mediums like astrology or religion or church for a sense of identity, for a sense of self, for a sense of sense. <laughs> and it gives us a, a fleeting security that we somehow have convinced ourselves is not fleeting, but it is. Because life is about change. Change is actually the only constant that we have. So if you adapt to and accept death, you're accepting change. Death is only one of many changes and the only thing that jades that for us is our attachments. And we are so into the earth experience as the one and only life that we will ever live. Live life like it's your last. Live like it's your last day on earth. You know, this is what we tell ourselves. This is what we make quotes out of. This is what we chant to one another. We plaster these quotes on our walls and our homes. Live like it's your last. You don't know when you'll ever see the one that you love. So tell them you love them today. It reinforces this this illusory constant that life here the way that we've always known it is the only life that we should invest into that we should cling it to that we should identify with and that's simply not true what we also do is we base our truth on our perceptions and our perceptions are often limited by our beliefs so if our beliefs cut us off from perceiving things outside of what's normal, what's acceptable, what's been deemed real or imaginary, if our beliefs create a barrier around that, how can you ever see truth? Truth is outside of that parameter. Truth is not fixed. Life is a paradox. And because life is a paradox, you can obviously, arguably say, well, there's only one truth. And then another person, maybe somebody playing the devil's advocate will say, no, there are multiple truths that all reflect the same essence. And both people are right, but because they're polarizing the essence of themselves, which is life itself. Everyone is a reflection of life itself, whether they're conscious of it or not. So bringing it back to my original point, death. 
I was laying in the sun, soaking up the sun, getting my light poles, grounding myself. And I noticed a couple of things that I want to share with you guys beyond my original point, which is obviously death. But I realized that I was a child of the earth. And I'm not going to delve too deeply into conspiracy, science, backing, logic, intellect, books, videos, you know. It's a resonance that you just feel. I've protected this planet for so many different eras, lifetimes, cycles. Life is cyclic, it's not linear. These are cycles that have happened time and time again, dressed up differently, the same cycle. We've been here so many times, right? And when I touch the planet, I feel that I'm touching my mother. And if you guys don't know this, my physical earth mother, my incarnate mother died when I was two years old. And I never knew her scent or her touch, the comfort of having your mother there, that protective field. And I almost feel that her death was somewhat of a ritual to initiate me back into this, this role that I've always assumed. I've always chosen it over and over and over again to protect and honor and connect to this planet. And you know, I had my feet planted, I had my hands planted, I was you know, recalibrating everything and I was showing gratitude. And I looked at a tree and instantly I saw the tree's aura, which was clear. You know, the tree is connected to the roots, to the core of the earth. And because of it has a regenerative source of energy, its aura doesn't vary amongst all these other colors. It's all of the colors. It's transcended color. It's light. And that's why I perceived it as clear or white. But anyway, I was looking at the tree and I thought to myself, we as humans don't honor information and intelligence in a way that is vital for life and existence to thrive. Because when you look at a tree, your consumerist or your capitalist mind or your colonist mind will almost say, why doesn't this tree bear fruit? What can I take from this tree? What, what Can I boil these leaves and make a tea for my physical ailments and diseases and imbalances? But never once do we look at the tree and see what information it has. Think about it. Some of these trees have seen life come and go and come and go and come and go. They've seen every reality. It's, it's trees exist beyond one fixed reality. But in every reality, you can see the same tree. And that tree, because of that multidimensional uh, aspect that it has and how planted and firm and grounded that it always is it absorbs information from every reality and dimension where it also simultaneously exists and if we were to tap into that intelligence we would have a wealth of information that transcends books and studies if you could just touch a tree touch a plant touch some soil you would know the history you would know what it endured you would know what feet stepped on it what hands touched it every time we touch a living thing or a living being or an animal or even another person we are downloading information 
information that yes absolutely will teach us about ourselves but are there to expand our horizons beyond the mind we don't need the mind to download information we can use the mind to describe or explain or articulate the information but the mind has very little very small of a role to play in the transmission of information from a tree or the sun or the water or the earth and that's our problem we're looking for intellectual information from living breathing divine things that are connected what we possess through studies and books and reiterating and regurgitating information is not intelligence it's functionality and the moment that you realize the difference between functionality and intelligence true intelligence which is intuitive and emotional and spiritual and using the mind and the mental to amplify and express that intelligence not associating the mind itself as the source of intelligence but as a tool to transcribe if you will the information that you get from everything around you so going back to my original point death right when you it doesn't matter where you are on your journey when you approach what you believe to be death all of the emotions that follow and some of these emotions go as followed fear of suffering fear of loss fear of timeless grief and sorrow fear of no control fear of the unknown fear of a lower darker scarier reality that yields more suffering than where you actually are. These are things that keep us from experiencing what death actually is. Change and death can be used interchangeably. But we're so programmed that we just think that change is something that we control because we wake up and we decide, you know what, I wanna change the color of my car. I wanna change what house I live in. I wanna change my job. I want to change my shirt. I want to change from this Clorox to a more organic cleaner because changes is, I'm God, damn it. I control what changes and what doesn't, but no. You're merely using your functionality to explore variety. You haven't experienced true change, which is death. There's nothing transformative about changing your shirt beyond how it makes you feel and even that is fleeting. And it, it becomes so paradoxical after a while that, you know, one could argue and say, hey, when I change my shirt to a different color, I feel more inspired and, you know, I transform emotionally and, and internally and it makes me want to create things that I've never even thought of before. It's, it's raw inspiration, which is very much true on a micro level, but I'm talking about the macro. We're so concerned with being small, with wrapping our minds around everything. And if we can't, it doesn't exist. And this has given us a falsehood that we are God. Even if we don't claim that 
exact verbiage. We, we want to play God. We want to control and create. And nothing can exist beyond that, beyond the car that I bought, beyond the house, the lease that I signed. Nothing can exist beyond those parameters unless we so choose that we want to entertain such an alternate reality or universe. And that's where perception becomes such a funny tool. Because perception can free you, but it can also imprison you. Your perception of death changing is the key to liberation and freedom. Because look at it like this. If you dealt with the fear-based, limited, suffering-based, control-based idea of death, the attachment-based definition and idea of death, if you approach that, forget all of the trauma and the things that you feel and feel that hurt you or destroyed you or messed you up, think about death. You won't let that traumatized girl die. So you suffer. You won't let that overworked, survival mode based worker bee die. So you remain a slave. You won't let this toxic, stagnant relationship go. You won't let the relationship die or the part of you that makes a home out of that kind of toxicity. You won't let that version of yourself die. And so your resistance to death causes the suffering that you think you're avoiding by letting go. Let me say that again. The attachment that you have to people and situations and identities especially puts you in the belly of the suffering that you're trying to avoid by clinging. The mind is a dangerous master, but a miraculous tool if you know how to use it. The people that you work for, the people that quote unquote control the world, AKA only control material worlds, they understand the mind. They don't understand the heart. Because the heart is not concerned with suffering. The heart welcomes death over and over and over again. Think about it. When you have been heartbroken so many times and you go back every single time to love again, even if you reject it, you want it still. You can't deny that. The heart does not base its actions and its evolution and its operation and its unconditional nature on avoiding suffering. The mind does that. And the sooner that we embrace death, not just physical death, because that's very, very limited. We die all the time. Some of us won't ever even admit that until we're rich, until we look back and say, ha, I used to live in the projects. I used to have roaches and I used to eat canned food and now here I am eating filet mignon or whatever you consider success in 
you know, that whole alternate illusion of um, being better than or higher than or more far ahead than. Nothing is linear. We have to understand that if we are to evolve and to heal and to expand and to open ourselves up to realities that are not limited to survival and suffering and avoiding pain and avoiding destruction because God. When you see the world outside of you crumble, know that a part of you is crumbling with it. And the more you resist, the more you suffer. And we as people even have dishonored our spiritual nature. We're all spiritual. Now, whether we're aware that we're spiritual or not is a person-to-person case. That ignorant person over there that you think is so asleep and not woke, they're spiritual. They just don't utilize it. They're not aware of it. They're not conscious of it. But that doesn't make them any less spiritual than you. So what we're talking about here is harnessing your spirituality. Harnessing your identity beyond the physical. Your astral body, your spirit, your soul, the unseen, the intangible. That's who you are and it changes constantly. It's always changing. You can't stop it. You can only submit to it. And the only thing that locks human beings into the reincarnation cycle is resisting death, fearing death. That fear creates the next reality that you incarnate into if you are to reincarnate again. The disconnect between soul or the disconnect with soul, I should say, is what keeps up keeps us in this loop in this this cyclic reincarnation thing. Our memories, everything that would tell us all that we are and all that we've ever been, it's so vast you have no idea. Personally, I've been a spirit many times. And by spirit, I mean, yes, the spirits that you see or feel or sense or battle, the shadow selves, the light bodies, spirits, beings without a vessel to inhabit. I was a spirit for a long time, so much so that when I incarnated, I kept lifting up my skin. I remember being four years old, three years old, five years old making noises and peculiar sounds, pinching myself because I could not believe that I incarnated. This was a brand new experience. I used to have to snap my finger to stay inside of my body because I would just astral project and go somewhere else, go explore another identity. And then you have school. Pay attention. Pay your attention to this. Don't pay your attention to those other identities, those other... uh, expressions of your consciousness pay your attention here this book this chalkboard this lesson or else and after seven years of that which is when you're in the theta state of consciousness which is when you're only downloading look it up that's the state of consciousness some of us sink into when we're meditating that's the state of consciousness that i believe we sink into when you're being hypnotized 
completely vulnerable, the subconscious just an open book, absorbing like a sponge. You download that, you're programmed. By eight, oh, I'm not saying that you can't keep being programmed, but now you have the, the, the engine, the motor by which you perceive life and what happens, it's, it's established. It's, it's rooted in this falsehood now because you were forced to pay your attention. So, I've been a spirit plenty of times. This also ties into why I'm so in touch with spirits, can see them, can feel them, communicate with them, see them inside of people, feel them outside of myself. It's almost like a sense of camaraderie that I have with them. Um, and I used to travel, man. I've inhabited other people's vessels. I've traveled beside them, alongside them. I've watched people cry. I've been all over the world as a spirit, though. If there was space in the vessel, I might try it out, have a little fun, you know? This is my history. And if I had to guess, I would say that that's how fears and empaths are created or so sensitive, you know? If any of you guys resonate with this, um, have any of you, as children, have you found yourself imitating people? Imitating their body language, their voice, you know? Their mannerisms, the little small complex nuances. As a child, did you ever just try to embody someone? If so, you probably used to be a spirit. And that's why I'm not at all impressed with the physical world and the spell work and I'm not that easily sucked into it. I'll, I'll allow myself to be sucked into it for the enjoyment aspect, but God, once the enjoyment stops, I'm out. Because that's how it was when I was a spirit. I could inhabit a vessel. I could be alongside a vessel inside of a house. I could soar the skies. I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do. And the moment that I didn't want to do it anymore, I didn't do it. I was free. You know? I also remember oneness. I remember God, the light, um, all that is and all that ever will be. And as a child, I was very connected to that, I remember. My intellectual mind tells me that, you know, it tries to mistake it for sunlight sometimes, but it wasn't just sunlight. It was it was source, it was the creation of all things. Um, on another episode, I will talk about light and I'll try if I have the energy to break down how incarnate beings are just light beings in a sense and the different color spectrums that we're able to express in our physicality is, I mean, coupled with the way the eye operates allows us to have the illusion of the body or the skin or the color or, you know, all those other things. Um, 
most of what you see is an illusion but i'm not going to dig into that let's try and stay on topic and just discuss a death um this body the freedom of this body um i think not even just the freedom of this body the freedom of your soul or your spirit from this body and all that it comes with the mind or the sadness or the disease can be transcended but i think that the biggest thing that you can transcend in regards to security and safety and survival and just your root chakra in general is approaching death. And I'm thinking about creating a service around this. When you begin to meditate or when you take psychedelics or when you just start to do things that alter your state of consciousness, you'll see that there is life beyond. At first you might think it's a hallucination, but terms like hallucination and coincidence and serendipity and deja vu, these are all terms to pacify the glitches in the matrix, the glitches in the fixed, sterile reality they want to convince us is the only way. It's not the only way. And what people like myself are doing are freeing you. You don't resonate with me because I know the truth and you don't. You resonate with me because there's something energetic that I'm speaking on or embodying that reminds you of some part of yourself. You don't look at a girl, like for instance, if you're a black girl from the ghetto and you see a superstar that's a black girl from the ghetto, you're gonna be like, oh shit, she eats the collard greens and the chicken and the macaroni like I do, ah, I, I fucks with her, I love her. Relatability, that's how we usually connect. Um, so, before any of you ask me or anyone else, how do I do this? How do I quit my nine to five? How do I live in the tropics? How do I live my dreams? How do I make money from what I love? How do I transcend this mind? How do I heal myself? How do I heal my body? How do I explore and embody and harness my gifts? Face death. Every time I experience something new every time that I experience something that I've never experienced before never felt before never perceived before that's change that's life and it's also death because in order to see something you've never seen or do something you've never done you have to embrace death you have to let go, you have to detach, or you'll suffer. You know why you'll suffer? Because you're a living, eternal being who thrives off of life. Living emancipates you. Life, change, evolution, newness is the battery to your existence. But we've been programmed to deny that. We think that death is just, oh, my physical body has died. No. Death is a reinforcement of life. The fact that you can just shed a skin <laughs> and go on, that ain't life. I don't know what is.
So I'm going to leave you guys with that today. Um, if you guys have any questions about this, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at The Greatest Expression of Love. Feel free to visit my website at www.thegreatestexpressionoflove.org. If you'd like to book an eye reading or a shadow work service or any of my services, feel free to do so. My list is very long. You have the option of expediting your eye reading or waiting and just allowing divine timing to roll on in and, you know, bring you things that you need at the perfect and aligned and most optimal timing. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for honoring my vessel and the way by which I've chosen to express my consciousness. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in yourself. Thank you for living. Thank you for breathing. Thank you for dying. <laughs> because some of this stuff that I say or that you'll stumble across, you're gonna die a hundred times. A hundred times. You're gonna die so many times. Especially when you start realizing that your identity is beyond this one waking identity. It's just that you've paid, paid. You have paid the most attention to this earth identity. But you always have a choice to pay your attention elsewhere. And I'm here to help you nurture that. Thank you. Enjoy your day.